0: Broadcasting from London, Ontario, Canada to the rest of the world, it's Ask the Top. Thank you very much for tuning in to the latest episode of Ask the Top. Feels like it's been ages. I've been dying to make a return, so thank you very much for supporting this program. We have a lot to get to on this edition of the show. Ronda Rousey's WWE status, the health of Sheamus, highlights from the week, NXT's broadcast debut, main roster call-ups, a modern day Four Horsemen stable, Tyler Bay versus Pete Dunn, and the likelihood of a Daniel Bryan return. I'm sipping on an ice cold. It's chilly. It's really feeling like winter at this point. It's dark so early, too. Bose Natural Lager. That goes down smooth. 600-milliliter bottle. So that's about a pint and a bit. Well worth it. If you're in the Great White North and you haven't tried Bow's, give it a shot. You will not regret it. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm easy to find. Ask the Top is my Facebook fan page, at Chris Toplack on Twitter. I love feedback and questions and interactions on there. Instagram, at Chris Toplack. Primarily about food and just my life and photos, Google+, ChrisToplack.com. And, of course, the show is also available on TWM.news, TheReactionRoom.com, and podcast apps such as Overcast and even on iTunes as well, too. So before we get to the highlights of the week, and of course your questions, and there were a good chunk of them, keep them coming. Let's get to news from the week because there was a lot that transpired recently. The Hollywood Chamber of Commerce was proud to announce that actor Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. the People's Champion, The Rock, will be honored with the number 2,624th star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's taking place Wednesday, December the 13th. At 11.30 a.m., that is Pacific Standard Time, that is a huge honor. The Rock will be on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He's arguably the most well-known and well-paid actor in the world today. So from humble beginnings all the way to a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, what an incredible career for the People's Champion. USA Today recently reported that Ronda Rousey's WWE debut is inevitable. And in fact, just around the corner. Furthermore, two sources close to Rousey, now they did not want to be named, told USA Today, and they confirmed that she is finalizing deals for a move to the WWE. I'm a betting man. I'm saying WrestleMania 34. they got to save it for the big show, right? In New Orleans, it's expected, yes, that's exactly where and when it's going to happen. So I pose you this question. If you haven't followed Ronda Rousey, that's fine. I'm sure you know who she is. She's a global sensation. Are you excited to see Ronda Rousey in a WWE ring? And most importantly, who do you want to see her face? Charlotte Flair would make a lot of sense. Stephanie McMahon, too. So who would you want to see Ronda Rousey take on at WrestleMania 34? Nolens, say it properly. Both Kevin Owens and Bret Hart were voted into the Quebec Wrestling Hall of Fame, so quite the honor for both of them. PW Insider is reporting that the WWE Network is working on a WWE 24 documentary highlighting Matt and Jeff Hardy's return to the company. Looking forward to that one. That was one of the biggest, if not the biggest, pop of the entire year when they returned unexpectedly at WrestleMania 33 in Orlando, Florida. According to Dave Meltzer, he's not always right. It's like a weather forecast, 50-50 meteorologist, I should say. He's saying that Seamus has been rehabbing spinal stenosis. Now, if you're not really familiar with it, put it into context for you. Spinal stenosis was responsible for the retirement of Stone Cold Steve Austin and Edge. So needless to say, it's not positive. If this, in fact, is true and is well beyond its early symptoms, I mean... You can count his career short at this point. I mean, he's had a long, fruitful career, but he doesn't have much longer or much gas left in the tank. Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss recently made history by wrestling in the WWE's first-ever women's match in the United Arab Emirates. This was on Thursday, which, yes, is technically today when the show was recorded and produced and uploaded, but, of course, moving forward, it would be about Friday over there currently. So rumor has that Sasha Banks had a very emotional speech Towards the end of the match. So it's great that they continue to make history. A lineup for the week. It's going to be stacked next week. So hopefully, if you're a wrestling fan, you'll enjoy this. You have Ron Monday, SmackDown on Tuesday, NXT on Wednesday. But here's the catch. It's actually going to be airing on USA Network. They're featuring a one-hour NXT special. It's going to be featuring Andrade, Sienna Almas, the NXT champion. Ember Moon, the women's champion. Adam Cole, Alistair Black, and more. So this sounds as though it's just a one-time only event, but I'll talk about that a little bit later on. One of the questions. Thursday, December the 14th. It's that time again. Tribute to the troops. They're going to be celebrating the nation's heroes. Is taking place at the Naval Base San Diego. Looking forward to that one as well. Let's get to some highlights from the week. I Raw was surprisingly pretty solid this past week. Same with NXT. SmackDown wasn't bad, but they've been hit or miss as of late. So how about Woken Matt Hardy? Yes! What a delightful and wonderful return for the broken, or should I say Woken one, Matt Hardy. It's a great little interview with Bray Wyatt. I think the only way to make Bray Wyatt interesting again is to pair him With Matt Hardy that should be a good feud or perhaps even pair them together as a tag team who knows but it's being rumored that he's going to be granted some creative freedom as he should because this character is already well established already has a great fan base and there's so many layers to the character and where they can take it so glad to see Matt Hardy back really to his roots because let's be honest Matt Hardy was really not interesting for weeks especially without Jeff but now that he's, you know, woken or broken Matt Hardy, suddenly all eyes are on him. Roman Reigns versus Jason Jordan for the Intercontinental Championship. You don't have to love Jason Jordan. He's a bit of a polarizing character. Same with Roman Reigns, of course. But Jason Jordan reminds me of a young Rocky Mayavio, where he's been pushed as, you know, this young blue chipper and it's just not working. So they've turned the corner with him. They're now making him more of a snobby heel, sucking up to his stepfather or, you know, I guess his... Real father, Kurt Angle. It's such a bizarre storyline. But really, Roman Reigns made him in that match. Jason Jordan is a fine competitor. But that was his coming out party there in that Intercontinental Championship match. I thought it was fantastic. I'd love to see more of that on a weekly basis from Jason Jordan. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose taking on Sheamus and Cesar for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Listen. These two have gone back and forth for months. It feels like years at this point, but I never get sick of those four individuals going toe-to-toe, head-to-head, and having a fantastic all-out match. And they did that yet again on Raw. Moving over to SmackDown, how about the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn opening? I'm digging where they're going with that. And even like the tension between Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. So a lot of interesting elements on SmackDown as well. So between those both shows, it was a good week, but I really believe the highlight of the week, the true highlight of the week, was Cassius Ono versus Johnny Gargano, one of my favorite matches of 2017. Now make no mistake about it, I am a massive Johnny Gargano fan. Reason being is because I feel as though he's really carrying the torch that Sami Zayn left behind in NXT. It, it's really quite obvious, and the fans are fully behind him as well, too. So he's an easy guy to promote in NXT, and really he deserves that big break, and I believe he's going to get it in the next coming weeks. So we take a, he takes on uh, Cassius Ona, who, of course, Chris Hero, an established veteran. Really, he just unloaded on him everything in the arsenal he put out there, and Johnny's somehow... Stood against it. He won the match. It was just great because Ono was dominant. Gargano survived and somehow pulled off the victory. So again, one of my favorite matches of 2017 without a shadow of a doubt. Loved it. If you missed it, go back and watch NXT and check that out. Now let's get to your questions. That's what fuels the show. And if you have questions at any point in time, you ask me all over social media. And I'll save them for the program. Or perhaps if you're really lucky, I'll actually just answer them you know, immediately on social media. Or perhaps even in a Periscope video. i got to get back to those. Mr. Popo via Google+. Plus. Thoughts on NXT getting a broadcast debut? It's clear to me that NBC is testing the waters with this NXT special. But given their already crowded schedule, I can't imagine this will become a a permanent fixture. So aside from pay-per-views, NXT has to be arguably one of the main reasons as to why wrestling fans subscribe to the WWE Network, such as myself. So I can't imagine they would want to lose it entirely because keep in mind, yeah, they air some Raws and SmackDowns, but that's like, what, a month delayed? But in the immortal words of the Million Dollar Man, everybody's got a price. So you never know if NBC makes them an offer that's good enough for them to say, eh, we'll jump over there. Sir William White via Twitter, big fan of the program. I appreciate your support. Do they deserve to be on the main roster or they missed on any other wrestler? Now, he's referring to the Riot Squad and also those on Raw as well, too. So... Let's focus on this for a second here. So uh he was specifically asking about Ruby Riot and the Riot squad, but I'll talk about Raw as well. So Sonny Deville and Mandy Rose. My issue with both of them is that they were barely existent on NXT television. They were, you know, quite prominently featured on house shows on that circuit. But Sonny Deville was previously what, Daria? And then she switched over to this new name and new gimmick, and that's fine. That makes sense. But at the same time, fans were not really exposed to either of them on a regular basis. So it's really tough for the fans to expect to know who they are, other than the fact that they appeared on Tough Enough, even if people watched that. So kind of confused there. I mean, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce would have been two fine choices for that. They're featured quite prominently on NXT television. As for the uh, the Riot Squad, you have Ruby Riot, who She's had some more time on television, so it makes sense. I'm still surprised we're not seeing like a Nikki Cross. Um, Liv Morgan's been featured a fair bit, so I can understand that, although she's so similar to Carmel as a character. As for Sarah Logan... I mean, she's virtually unknown to about 95% of the SmackDown viewing audience, so I'm not sure why she was on there at all. So it just feels very forced. I mean, you have Paige returning, who could have been fine solo or you know, bring some other people with her, but Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, they just don't seem to fit. And then it was almost like SmackDown just cheated off Raw's homework by saying, we'll have a similar group, but they're not the same. But they're eerily close, right? So... To be honest, I do feel that there were more deserving wrestlers that could have made that debut, especially Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. But at the same time, you can't have a depleted NXT roster either. I might butcher this, Prince Wakoro. Why does Dean Ambrose look thinner and what happened to his elbow? First of all, I'm assuming that you're referring to the flying elbow and not some like growth or rash on his elbow, because I have no clue. Uh, He still uses it fairly often. I saw him perform a couple of times this past year, and he used it there. So he wouldn't completely abandon it. Perhaps you're just not seeing it on a weekly basis, but it's still there. As for looking thinner, I mean, he may have toned down a bit, but he's still in pretty damn good shape. I mean, especially compared to us, I'm sure. So uh, I don't think it's been very noticeable, to be honest. Uh, Chris Craig via Twitter. He's a big fan of the program quite active on Twitter, would be great if they would let him bring back the horsemen. He's referring to Bobby Roode. Question is, who are the other three? So, okay. I don't want to see the four horsemen return. I like to see somebody not necessarily just carry the torch that way, but establish a new one, establish a new stable with a new name and a new fresh look and just a new attitude. So we don't need to fall into the footsteps of the four horsemen. But let's just say for the sake of this question, Bobby Roode is the leader. So I'm going to throw some names out there. This isn't necessarily correct. And again, the great thing about this program is this is on the spot. I don't really put a lot of thought into these questions for the pure sake that I want it to be organic and I want it to be something that I'm I'm delivering to you at this very moment. So... Let's think for a second. So Bobby Roode is the leader. How about Chad Gable as the future? Because he's still young enough and he's still talented enough that he could be the future. You always need that. Sheldon Benjamin as the veteran. That'd be nice. How about Mike Kanellis, or you can even call him Mike Bennett again, as the utility guy with a revamped character. Could even put Maria back with him when she returns from pregnancy. So there you go. Those are four. Bobby Roode is the leader. Chad Gable is the future. Sheldon Benjamin is the veteran. And Mike Kanellis or Mike Bennett, as I like to refer to him as, the utility guy. Maria there as well. So what do you think? You could even throw uh, Charlotte in there too. If you really want an ode to the Horseman, right? Mr. Gore via Twitter. WWE Network has put up their best of 2017. Which match would you give the nod to at this point? I'm leaning towards Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne at NXT TakeOver Chicago. Very interesting. So... I'm not going to touch too much on this because my year-end awards will be introduced on the next episode of Ask the Top, but that match is definitely in my top three. If you missed it, go back and watch. It was so back and forth. The near falls were some of the best I've seen in recent memory, so a spectacular match, and if you called that the best match of 2017 in a WWE or NXT ring, I can't argue with you on that one. It's a worthy candidate. Bearded Warrior, via Twitter again for context, Bearded Warrior has been listening to me for years when I was hosting two other UFC podcasts, Bearded Warrior was there on a weekly basis, so I appreciate your ongoing support, and again, it's been about the past, what, four years at this point? Jeez. A loyal soldier you are, Bearded Warrior. On a scale of 1 to 10, how likely is a Daniel Bryan return to the ring? Hmm. In the WWE, I'd give it about a 2 out of 10. Might be generous. Outside of the WWE, I'm confident with about an 8 out of 10. Now, here's the rationale behind it. Dr. Jeff Maroon has the final call on Daniel Bryan's potential return to the WWE ring, and it seems highly unlikely that he's ever going to be cleared. If you recall, Bryan was cleared by about a dozen other doctors, but Maroon was firmly against it. He consistently refused to clear him. So what's going to change his mind all of a sudden? Keep in mind, this is the brain that is impacted. It doesn't just overnight get better. In fact, it just never gets better in that sense, right? If Daniel Bryan were to let his contract expire in October and wrestle as Bryan Danielson, uh, I would imagine he easily gets cleared elsewhere. I mean, that makes sense to me. But that being said, in full transparency here, you know I've been a big fan of Bryan Danielson or Daniel Bryan, as you might refer to him as, for well over a decade. And his return makes me nervous. You simply can't repair the brain. I I alluded to that earlier. At the same time, I want him to be okay. I mean, he now has a daughter, his beautiful wife. He's had an outstanding career. He's going to go down as one of the greatest technicians of all time. He has a legacy that is firmly cemented in a wrestling ring. Nobody will ever doubt his contributions to pro wrestling. But that being said, is it worth going back to the ring for a couple other big matches? I don't know. I mean, I can't say I wouldn't want to see it. I'd be one of the first people to tune in. But that being said, I'm just nervous about the, rep, uh, you know, the repercussions of what could happen from that. So that's going to do it for yet another episode of Ask the Top. As always, I greatly appreciate your support. I appreciate you tuning in. If you would be so kind, we thrive on that support from others as well, too. So I'm not asking you to hey make a donation to the show or anything like that. I'm just telling them, if they're a pro wrestling fan, say, you know what listen to this ask the top program and even if you want throw me over a question i'll happily address it on the show so we'll do this again soon and until then happy trails to you until we meet again